Welcome to the It's All Fine and Dangy podcast, where hosts Dan and Angie talk with creatives, small business owners, charities, and all kinds of interesting people. It's all real talk. It's all fine and dangy. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You know, Angie almost did that Mrs. Rhymed. Doubtfire again. <laughs> oh, it did. Hello, hello, and welcome, welcome to, to the, the show. show. Oh, oh, roll credits. Oh, man. I ought to start singing a little, like, a little jingle. Well, so the, the la- last couple of episodes, for some reason, like two episodes ago, Angie went, hello, like Mrs. Doubtfire. I sounded <laughs> just like Robin Williams, too, was, or Mrs. Doubtfire. Now it's in my head. I know. Well, thank you for joining the show, those of you listening, and that's most of you because we're only audio now. We are sitting <laughs> <Thank> here <laughs> at the table. What do we say? Table talks now. It's table talks. It's kitchen table talks. We're so sitting at kitchen table talks now. This is studio number three for us, or four. I guess we can call it a studio. <laughs> we can call it that. It is our studio right now. It is. It is indeed for for the foreseeable future, for the next year uh, or uh-huh, more. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's 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 different, but hey, you got to go with the flow. Hey, how life's going? You know what I'm saying? I love the table. In fact, I'm excited that the new studio is going to have a table again because there's something about. I keep talking yeah. about this, but there's something about a table. We well, we well, let's introduce the guest, and we'll get into that for a minute. Yeah. Speaking of studios, let's introduce Ooh, our guest. Bam! Look what, look what, you what did I did there. there. Oh. So, we are sitting here with Zach Cabral from Castle Door Studios. That is a local studio here in town. You're located in Winter Park, I believe, Zach? That's right, Winter Park. Very cool. Well, very welcome to the local, show. Very local. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Awesome. Yeah. We're happy you're here. It's good to see you again. Uh, it's been a while. It has been a while. Yeah. Um, but we um, a, few, talk- a few years, but does it, it, does it, it seem that, that long no. ago? It oh really does Oh, my God. Doesn't. Has it really been it's years? It's been a couple years. Since, I think so, right? It doesn't so, feel right? that long. Oh, my God. Since <laughs> I went and took the class, Zach taught me how to use Logic Pro, the audio software. Oh, yeah. So. Well, you, you, I've only seen Zach one time. Yeah, since we're at Sarah's place. Yeah, that's, oh, right. that's right. So that's it was like house. a little thing that the Kitchen Killers were doing there mm-hmm. and this cool little art house and we met there and you guys were, were talking you guys shop. At, were you guys at the Kitchen Killers reunion, the five-year? We did one? not make it okay, to the so five-year I'd, reunion. So yep. I would have seen you guys there. Yes. That would have been, but yeah. But I, I think Sarah was, Sarah was the last place. So yeah, that was like 2019 or something. I know. I didn't, re- so Kitchen <laughs> Killers. Oh my goodness. Hold on, Kitchen Killers had a reunion uh, like a reunion party? They had a five-year party um, maybe six months ago or so, and they had like a bunch of vendors in their backyard and everything. Yeah. Oh, how cool is that? Cool. There was something. I, I remember us talking about it because there was some reason we didn't go because it was we had something else some or overlap. something booked or something. Yeah. 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 Yeah, of anyway, course they invited us. It has been a while, but you know what I think is really cool, and I don't know why I didn't know this, and maybe there's a bunch of them, but I didn't even realize that we had a full-blown recording studio like a local recording studio that you could just go to and record stuff. Yeah, we're, so, we're kind of secretive, right? You know, yeah. just like oh, tucked away in the underground. corner. underground. So. Hey. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, when I came, we'll talk about that, but when I came to the studio and saw it, I'm like, holy crap, this is like, there's a big, huge, like, engineering room, and then there's like the studio itself, and it's really neat. It's a very cool setup you have there. Thank you. So before we get into that part of it, let's talk about how you got involved in this. Like, what made you start a recording studio? What made you want to get into that? I realized at a young age that I always wanted to be um, creative. And um, I think like when I was a teenager, I started realizing I liked recording things. Um, oh, good for you for realizing so, that young that you wanted to do it. Yeah. So I don't know how young you are, but um, 
what was your recording device that you had, so had to use? That, I remember that will tell me a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, the first thing I ever tried recording myself on, like as a musician, you know, was like Windows Media something, you okay. know, some kind of like stock media player on sure. those old, terrible like webcam microphones <laughs> from oh, like the yeah. early two thousands, <laughs> and it was horrendous. Like, yeah, there's nice. so much noise in the in the in the signal. And isn't it crazy? It was just like, yeah, it was really bad. How far we've come. <laughs> Every time you listen to like recordings or pi- look at pictures from old phones, mm-hmm. you're like, wow, we were okay with this back then. Yeah. Well, wait, this was like top notch. Like whenever you uh, th- my phone can take a picture. This is amazing. Look right, at this. Right, and now right. you're like, what was <laughs> or, or that? Or play music. So yeah. do you have any of those old recordings still? I still have them, actually. Oh, good yeah. for I'm you. I'm pretty good at saving data. Uh, that, oh, is that is all. Really, I mean, I've, I've had some losses here and there, but I've been like really one of those people that are kind of obsessive compulsive about saving files if I can since, oh, since I record dude, things for a living. We're, uh-huh. we're kindred spirits right now. <laughs> uh-huh. I, have, I have Google Drive, Dropbox, and iCloud. <laughs> and I have... Two different hard drives that I back uh-huh. everything up to. One nice. for here and one to keep in the office in case a meteor hits or something. Nice. So. A meteor. <laughs> oh, so you're, you're pretty much applying the three, two, one rule exactly. on data backups. That's pretty good. I actually just, um, side note, I just built my first NAS like pretty oh, recently. Oh, nice. So, so I'm actually getting off all the clouds yes. and just being my own cloud. I don't know what so this that, is. That so that stands for network attached storage. Thank you. Yeah, so, <laughs> so it's like a big, it's like a big backup system that has its own dedicated computer that's always online. I mean, that's very smart for you to do because of the the profession that you're in. Especially for him, because I always tell everybody, get it on the cloud, because then you're never going to lose it as long as you use a big brand, which is true. But the downside is if that's your only location for it and you need it, especially big files like you're working on, Zach, get ready to wait. So having it local is amazing. Yeah, having it local is great. And it's it's actually better than Google Drive, in my opinion. I've been testing the speeds and I can get, I can send private links to people and they're literally sourcing the file off my server, but it's getting to them faster than they can get through Google Drive. That's amazing. And as a business, that's brilliant for you because all of your data is right there. You don't have to go anywhere to get it. Yeah. Yeah, And they have to get it from you. You're the source. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. And you can put like limitations on time, like how long that link's valid for or passwords. So yeah. I just get a lot more um, control over the the file itself rather yeah. than having to rely on these big companies to to um, to have all my data. Um, Which, I still do want to have like another uh, backup service, so I've been using Backblaze for that. It's just a that's like the simple. fire, ba- yeah. That's like the fire, like natural disaster scenario kind yeah. of thing where it wouldn't be something I would use regularly. To, emergency recovery, it's just kinda, an emergency yeah. setup. Yeah. Okay. So, so you have your old recordings and stuff. You were doing yeah. all that with like Windows Media Player and stuff, yep. and then went. I mean, tell us the progression there, where you said you don't really want to do this. Yeah. So I remember recording, you know, early um, stuff of myself and being like, wow, this doesn't sound anything like I hear you know, the artists I listen to, like, why does it sound so bad? And then um, it got a little better with GarageBand. I got introduced in, to GarageBand in 2006 mm-hmm. with my first like um, Intel-based Mac. And that came with its its own DAW, Digital Audio Workstation, yep. which is GarageBand. So that was like kind of like the, the first spark that was like, oh, I can actually make my own music. And at the time I was like doing it with a lot of the loops that were built in. So sure. it was sounding like a little electronica, electronic kind of yeah. s- yep, yep. styled. But I could never get like real recordings like acoustic recordings or vocals to sound super high quality and so then that's when i um i had like a whole military career in the process but then i decided i wanted to get out and pursue music for a living yeah it's not much of a creative career there no it was the opposite of creativity so (laughs) i was like how can i how can i transition to a much more creative space but still have a 
be able to make a living off of it. Sure. Um, so I didn't want to go to school for um, music because I already felt like I, I mean, there's, there's music is subjective, you know, yeah. there's so many different levels of how good you are, or how bad you are um, as a musician. And I just didn't really feel like that was going to be the paycheck sure. or where mm-hmm. I'd want to spend all my educational time. So um, I settled on Orlando because it had full sale and it was a really great program for, um, for a veteran like me. And so I did a uh, recording arts 2013 to 15. And I felt like that was my weakness. I really wanted to strengthen the skill set of knowing how to professionally record. Right. Um, in that time, I, you know, started making new friends here and one thing led to another and I met Doug Charles um, and he ended up becoming my drummer and he brought me to the studio when it was uh, still just like this private space. The studio you have now? Yeah. Oh, wow. So we started rehearsing there in 2016 and um, I got now to know Now you were rehearsing. Did you have a band? Did yeah. You? Oh, okay. I was the, I already had like a solo band project, Conflicting Motive. Okay. that I was doing for many years. And then what was the name? Conflicting Motive. Oh, that's a cool name. That is a cool Thank name. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you having been in bands, it is very hard to come up with a cool band name. Yeah, it so. is. Um, I've had a love-hate relationship with it because a lot of times people like mispronounce the tensing or something like that. But then I still like have had it for so long that I just don't want to leave it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a real good. Yeah, but, it's it, cool. but it's super broad. I mean, it kind of was like early on a play of like my conflicting with my motivation to write something original, which really was just like a limit of my skill set. Uh, I could only cover things at the time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I was like, oh, maybe it's like a play on like the duality of happy and sad. That's you know, what depression. I was thinking. More like yeah. the, the angel devil on your shoulder. Yeah, the angel kind of devil thing. kind of meaning. And um, over time, it just evolved to um, just like what you really want to make of it. Um, and and, the, and it kind of applies to the genre too, because it's, it's kind of jumped around to a lot of different genres. Yeah, yeah. It's gone from like this like emo indie rock to like this much more proggy stuff now so, so that's uh, but that but that's the cr- i think that's a sign of a true creative with music especially range there, just range yeah. you yeah. know just it, it's kind of depends on where you are in your life too like the sound of your music right. i believe so i think that you know speaks a lot just to your yeah. creativity and that's the strength of like not having to be limited to like a label that's like controlling your brand or your style you can i mean if i'm going to be diy i better be able to do whatever genre i feel like of i want to do yeah. <laughs> it's probably way more fulfilling i mean you hear so many stories about uh recording artists that hit it big and then all the years later when they're done because mm-hmm. eventually they are. Then they get real about what happened and they're like, we didn't even want to make that third album right. and then we had mm-hmm. to make a hit or whatever. And Angie, you said something that is so true that I don't think you have, I don't think most people have good perspective on until you start getting some years behind you. But no matter how bad you fight it, like I fought against, uh, I don't like country music. No offense to those of you listeners that like country. No but offense taken. Yes. So <laughs> I've never, never liked it, but. I, you know, my dad liked it and I thought, oh, when I get older, I'm not going to like country and I still don't, but I have definitely changed the kind of music that I used to like. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe that comes from, you know, like when you're younger, you're like super emotional and you're trying to get ahead of your brain around things. And then it does seem like eventually we all either settle on the kind of music that just helps us feel good instead of feel like angry or whatever (laughs) we wanted to feel when we were younger. So the fact that you kind of have that whole range, Zach, is awesome. And you also have like a range of from like newer to older equipment, too, yes. don't you? Yes. So that kind of goes hand in hand with the music styles, I would think, for like if you're trying to do 
a, a classic sound like maybe you're trying to do old jazz or something or you know i don't right. know what kind of equipment so you the have, space because yeah, it said vintage on the yeah website. yeah so I, thought, I was like that's interesting what does that mean realistically or is that decor i mean some of the secrets getting out here is um the spaces are really important i mean maybe other mm-hmm. engineers don't agree with that but like realistically like the space can have a huge impact in your sound now do you mean the energy the physical, of the space or the physical the physical dimensions of the space of and course. how it was designed oh i'm so naughty oh, oh i thought oh, you silenced no. i did i put do not disturb <laughs> is that the same i don't know it should have should have do not disturb naughty, i don't know naughty that's okay Angie. that's okay get a co-host <laughs> <laughs> that was the studio calling well, so, she better so, not call again or it's an emergency and we are going to have to pause. That's okay. That's okay. And I'll say pause before we pause. <laughs> yeah. that's okay. what I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the space. Yeah. So, yeah. so, the, so uh, you know, I said I met Doug. Um, his dad built the space and he was, he's a like 45 year jazz musician. He's been playing jazz oh. for many, many years and he has the architectural skills to build a space that fits j- jazz very well. It's funny. I said jazz. I didn't even know. Yeah. Wow. Uh, there's actually a huge ah. jazz history of that studio. So. Um, there's a lot of still legacy jazz players that come in there and I have the pleasure to record them, which oh, is a ton of fun. And I mean, the real thing that proves to me that the space is important is because I can record a jazz band there, a really professional jazz band, and they're already controlling their dynamics. They're so good at controlling their dynamics that once I've mic'd them up correctly, I rarely have to do any mixing anymore. Yeah. Like the like mm. just what's coming right off that board That's already musician. sounds like it's been mixed. Yeah. Wow. Because the room is so perfectly controlled. For oh, jazz. that's what's yeah, that's what's doing it. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And so you can also yes, equipment's important to some degree, but we can also you can run into like this whole rabbit hole of like getting better and better equipment, but your sound can still be wrong if you're not using your equipment correctly. Yeah, uh, amen. Right. That's how tech is so, just in general. So that so the sound, you know, the the location is very important right mm. is it the materials used to create the space and yeah, like the mater- what it was built of yeah the, oh. the walls are all treated so i mean it's a 18 by 20 foot space with 22 foot ceilings and okay. it's it's treated all the way to the top like the whole ceiling is insulated with acoustical treatment okay because i was gonna ask what do you mean by yeah. treated yeah. so it's treated is... with like fiberglass material that absorbs uh-huh. the, sound. the sound yeah okay. and then we even have a wall that's uh using cedar wood that's cut into multi it's like a it looks like an art piece actually, which is kind of cool, but it's basically a diffusion wall that absorbs sound. So sound doesn't mm. bounce back into the microphone and create um, like an phase echo issues or, or yeah. echoes okay. or... So it's not like a flat surface that can, the sound can just yeah. bounce off. And cedar oh. is um, a thermally dynamic. Uh, yeah, it's um, It can absorb energy really well. So it's a good mm. wood to use around sound. Wow, that's sound. not to hijack this for my own use, but I'm thinking about the new a, podcast a cool studio. cedar wall would be. It like smells really good too. Cool. Yeah. yeah, better than, yeah. because you know, Angie, we've talked about that. And there. cedar, um, bugs stay away from yeah. cedar yeah. too. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about that even for like a podcast studio. A few pieces of of sound foam in the right spot just get rid of the echo a little bit Mm -hmm. so when you're recording with a whole band i mean it's critical that you and but you don't overdo it towards muting the sound at the same time so there's a real science there yeah i mean with drum tracking you want a little bit of reflection so like for example one thing i'll do with drums is i probably have somewhere between eight to ten microphones on each of the equipments depending uh each drum piece depending on how complex a drum set is eight to ten yeah, the eight to wow. ten microphones. Now, are these just like small little microphones, or are they like? They're depending on what we're using for. Oh. So, 
we're using like small little SM57s for the snare, but then we might be using a bigger kick mic for it to pick up those deeper frequencies that are physically larger frequencies. So they need a bigger capsule for them. Wow. I didn't know like yeah. all that oh, kind of went into super it. Interesting. Con- I yeah. know that just from the old band days, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, you know, we would play and be like, that was amazing. And we recorded it and play it back and be like, oh my God, that sounds terrible. What do we do? You know, (laughs) So you really have to know what you're doing. Well, so because the room I think is a little too dead for drums, another thing I do is I'll put a a, a big condenser mic um, that I usually use for vocal tracking in the hallway, in our back hallway, which is the drums like only a few feet away from that hallway. And the mic's like basically right at the entrance of the doorway, like through the door, but it's facing the end of the hallway. So it's listening to all the sound that goes down the hallway and back towards it. So it's listening to all the bounce going into the rooms and coming back. So it's becoming like a natural verb hall. And then I can get a, a whole new envelope on my snare and the whole kit. And that changes the, it changes the presence of the entire kit. And then, so not to get too nerdy for the mm-hmm. listener here, but you, you can mix that. I mean, I, I'm assuming each mic's a separate track, right? So you yep. can, you can mix that particular mic you were just talking about with the one that's closer to the drum yep. and tweak it until you get just the right sound. That, I was going to say, and that's when the mics. engineering comes yeah. in. It, that's your part is kind of yeah. listening to it and putting it together to get that right. fluid sound. Yeah. Another trick want. is I like to use ribbon mics for room mics because ribbon mics are a uh, figure eight pattern on how they receive signal. Right. So they have like a different, like this is this mic that I'm talking into right now mm-hmm. has a cardioid pattern. Yep. So it just rejects away from me, right? And, and tries to absorb everything in the front. Whereas a ribbon gives you, um, it receives on both sides. And so I like to face that at my walls, not directly at my kit. Yeah. So it's hearing this darker reflection off my walls that are being absorbed. It's picking that up. Yeah. Oh, so it's all cool. these different little ways of dialing in and getting control over all these mics to to speak one instrument, yeah. which is the drum kit. You know, and that, I would say drums are probably the most complex instrument to record when it comes from like an engineering um, hmm. perspective and I that just think takes so. years to get good at but the yeah, room I guess is super because there's so many different pieces yeah. to it as and well back to the like being inspired i mean i was 17 or 18 recording my brother in his friend's room with like two microphones on a drum kit into garage band and they were like in this screamo band so just like it would work being like terribly sounding but yeah. i mean it was just clipping all over the place and sounding awful but I, that was another one of those moments those sparks where i was like i think i like doing this yeah you know um, well, especially if you have somebody screaming into a cheap mic and you're able to, <laughs> you're able to fix that because I'm going to tell you just from the five years I've been doing podcasting, I have learned nothing like you, you know, yeah. but I've learned enough about clipping and frequencies and stuff just enough to know what I don't like to hear. Right. And, uh, you know, I would argue your And con- he's got me noticing that kind of crap yeah. now. <laughs> I'll say. I was perfectly fine before. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, huh. yeah, ignorance they don't is, have ignorance their is volume bliss, right? up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, to this day, I'll go, you hear that buzzing? And she'll be like, dude, you no, can't. No, that I don't. She'll be yeah. like, you can't hear people talking five feet away. You tell me you hear a buzzing, but I do. I swear. I, he you know, hears like, you know, dog frequencies. Like I'll tell that, you what. That animals can hear. I'm like, I do not. I don't know what you're talking. I have to like get up and like put my ear against whatever he says and I, and everything has to be quiet so that I can maybe hear it. And then yeah. I heard it from the other side of the house. I <laughs> had this weird experience where we went through this class called critical listening in yeah. full sale. It was like one of the later courses and they taught us to listen to frequencies very critically. And after going through that class, I remember taking a shower and 
there was a frequency coming to the faucet of the shower that was so loud and high pitched that I never heard before. I could hear it in my brain. But already now almost. I hear it every time I got in and it was painful yes. because the class had taught me to listen to frequencies critically. Yeah. So it's like your brain naturally can like filter, actually out. filter this stuff out. But then yeah. when you start training your brain to listen to those frequencies, they start becoming more and more I, present. I don't, I'm not training. No, and there's well, no training it, no. going on here. I don't need that in my and life. And I believe it because <laughs> if you're like me, I don't know if it's because of my life or whatever, but I was always, you know, I was listening for trouble. Like when I was young, I mm -hmm. had a rough childhood, but so I do, I hear every, I hear every little thing kick on in the house. If the dog's nails walk across the floor, like I can't sleep through any of that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm with you. Um, but so, so you've got the studio set up, you've got the space set up now, you've, you moved in, you're making it a real business. Mm -hmm. You've got a serious team at this studio. Uh, how did that come to be? I mean, it started, I'm assuming, with just a couple of you, and then you just put out an well, APB. Well, you met Doug. Doug introduced you to Yeah, I mean, it was kind studio, of amazing. Right? I mean, I met my girlfriend when we were both. She was in her uh, post-doctorate at the time through sociology, and I was in my master's at Full Sail. And we went to a sociology party, a Christmas sociology party. And she's like, bring your guitar. And I'm like, what? Why am I bringing my guitar to a bunch of sociologists? She's like, oh, they're all musicians. And so we get there and then um, the, the guy who, uh, his house, he sees me with the guitar and he's like, you're getting on the stage like right now. You look like this Willie Nelson kind of character, but he was the head of the sociology department at UCF. And I started playing music and then this kid comes out of the crowd and starts playing drums with me. And that's Doug Charles. So our first interaction together was playing music together and he was playing music to my original music. And then I was like, once we got to know each other after playing music together, he was like, yeah, I would like to form a band with you so initially the studio was wow. for the for the band it was for conflicting oh, motive what and a then cool over time story yeah over time it just you know worked out into becoming something where um they they realized that i was like the right fit for it and i could make it a, a company in a, a real business um so it's it's mainly like me doug and jp's also you know a critical member because he he's the keyboardist in the band but he also is like a phen phenomenal musician He's got ridiculously skilled. He's got insane knowledge when it comes to theory. So you can take on like just about any genre you can imagine. Yeah. And so whenever we're trying to write for new clients that want to like hire us to write in their voice, a lot of times they'll bring JP on to that or hire Doug out to be like a session musician. We That's just, what I was going to ask. So, yeah. you're, you know, you guys, it's not just about your band anymore, but you're actually writing music for people yes. based on kind of where they want to. Yeah. It's a wonderful, it. it's a wonderful job to have to I be mean, able to just be creative for just people. Just be creative all day. Mm -hmm. Like how cool. So you, I'm just thinking for a minute. So let's say I wrote a song and I can sing and I've done neither of those things and I can do, <laughs> um, but let's say I wrote a song and I can sing and maybe I can play guitar, but I really, w I don't have a band. I don't want a band, but I want to record, mm -hmm. uh, um, and we call a it single. I like almost a said album, Grandpa. I want to record a. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I want to record a few songs that I want to. Hey, be we're, to... we're we're actually releasing an album. So Are you? Yeah, there. we're releasing. I mean, like, I don't mean to plug, but uh, oh, that's yeah, great. Plug away. is releasing an album this Friday. So cool. Oh, <laughs> we've been is it? I was thinking album. I was going like record, but do they still call them albums. Oh, we're calling it an LP, which is even probably an older way yeah. of describing it. A collection of songs. Yes. But that's part of that vintage thing yeah. Yeah, yeah. we were talking Long about. Play. Well, things cool. are coming back around. But, yeah. you know, yeah. I, but just say I had a collection of songs I wanted to put out, but I don't want to become a band. Yeah. Could I call you? And, I mean, you said studio musicians, so then yeah. I, you, you can... 
you can be hired to just have people play your songs. That's something we just did a few days ago for really? somebody. Yeah. Oh, that's he could, amazing. He could play, uh, you know, he laid down, he wrote the whole song, wrote it all on acoustic yep. uh, guitar last year, vocals and acoustic, and then we just layered bass, drums, and electric guitar over that whole thing just a few days ago. Oh, that's amazing. Oh. Yeah. So I was thinking, you know how, like, uh, and I've known so many bands over the years, and you know, some of them really trying to make it for real and coming out with their, their album. I would say album. Yeah, um, album. But they would fi- have to find a studio. A lot of the time they'd go to full sale because there was the students and it was less expensive or maybe even didn't cost. And then they'd get the recording back and they'd be like, oh, no, it wasn't because they're learning. You know, the students, students are learning. Yeah. I mean, students, you know, always, you know, want, you know, are intending for the best, of but course. they're still learning. Yeah. yeah, of course. And so you can never be sure of what you're going to get, yeah. you know, for when, when the student's still learning. It's still probably not going to be the professional quality that you're looking for, like from like a label kind of sound. Of course. But if I had a whole band, I could still, you could, I could still hire you to let me use your studio and you could mix the music while we're recording and all that. Yeah, do we've that done too. things where we've recorded full bands like all at once, or we've done layering where you're recording like, a lot of times I like to do drum and bass together because that's like a good glue. Oh, of course. And then we'll layer other things on top of that. So we'll spend extra time on just pads and just synthesizers or just the organ, you know, yeah. and, then, and then layer like maybe little um, sample snaps, you know, here and there. So that's like the production element. That is cool. Um, but um, yeah. yeah, the layering approach is going to give you the most um, control as an engineer because yeah. now you have isolated takes of everything. Um, I especially love to record vocals isolated because we really want, if we want to be competitive with, you know, the market today, no matter what genre you're in, you pretty much want isolated vocals that are, yeah. that are taken at multiple comps, which means like, can you going, explain this to me? please? Yeah. So it's you're kind of, <laughs> you're kind of like, uh, singing over the whole relatively well mixed or at least rough mixed, uh, instrumentation. Mm-hmm. And then. Um, I'll dial you in like you'll have I'll have you sing the whole song and I'll dial in like the equipment to sound like best for your voice um, and then once we're at that point um, usually an artist wants like a little bit of like effects or reverb and stuff so that's that that's something I can give that doesn't get recorded in it's just something that's temporary um, just, just so they just, can just hear to it help like um, integrate their vocals to sound like it's blending into the mix okay. more but then what comping means is to essentially take like okay, we only want to work on this verse and we want to make sure this verse is perfect. So we're going to sing through this verse and we're going to get like extra critical. How are you announcing that, that word? How are you, do you want to announce this one word a little differently? Do you want to put a little bit more vibrato on this section? Yeah. And so we'll do like 10 takes on that verse and then I'll come back to that verse and compile it up to the best super take. So, so you know, so just you might be taking take two, take five, take seven. He's slicing it all up word by word, and that this is what's so fascinating oh. to me because this is music now. I just watched a documentary with Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas, and they They're, were Phineas is a brilliant, oh, isn't brilliant he? producer. But and, they were and, showing and, David yeah, Letterman how, like, just what you just said, Zach, mm-hmm. where they play the clip, but they show him on the computer how she's saying this one thing one time, mm-hmm. and it's in the song fifteen times from the one time she sang it. Mm-hmm. That's why that's why songs sound exactly they sound alike perfect when yeah you know right you can copy paste the, the yeah. file and then use it creatively and there's like lazy ways to do it and then there's also like super brilliant ways to do it like they do yeah, <laughs> so. but, yeah. but but they, they were also doing the thing you just said where then she sings like a sentence and then she shows him how that sentence is built from twenty takes yeah 
And it's just one, it just, and they'll cut right in the middle of a word sometimes. Oh, yeah. So um, I remember when I was in vocal uh, comping course, I had the professor like teach that to like go down to the waveform and make sure the wave like hits each other like right at the crossing point. Yeah. I don't bother with that level of detail anymore. That doesn't seem to be necessary. Nobody can modern, hear it. Yeah. Well, the modern DAWs, they just have like crossfades anyway. Oh, so, it does it anyway. Yeah. So it usually is hiding any opportunity for a pop to occur. But um, generally I just go for not section. I can look at a waveform now. This is kind of like a skill set from you know, 10, 15 years of doing this, but I can look at a waveform and already see like where a breath is without, without even hearing it. Like yeah, I can that's see cool. where the breath is. That's or I can see where a non or a non pitch section is. And anytime a non pitch section is occurring, like a you know, those yeah. type of things. Just, just from cross, those little, the waves. Yeah. Just you, by looking the sound at it, waves. you can mm. already tell that it's probably no, no pitch there. If there's no pitch there, you can crossfade those and your brain won't tell that there are multiple takes. That is the coolest. Like a lot of math. It's fascinating to me though because it. it's basically <laughs> surgery on the sound files. Yeah. You oh know? yeah, it is. It, well, I know that from watching Dan. Just like when we used to do the um, uh, uh, videos as well, and he would be matching up our our audio, um, video. audio with mm-hmm. the video and cut and slice and match, and you know, just him sitting there for hours doing that. Right, you know, I'm right. like, oh. Let's stop doing that. <laughs> well, so, That's why we got this little machine yeah. here. So, Zach, yeah, I have to tell machine. you, before we started recording, we were talking about this machine. I was trying to think of the word, and mm-hmm. you made me think of it. It's called mixed minus. Mixed minus. It's called mixed minus. Okay. And that's when the you can change it, kind of like what you were just saying, and it might be a term just for this one, but you, whatever's in the mix, like for someone to hear, doesn't necessarily have to be what's recorded. So... You know, it's uh, it, it it's an interesting concept, but that's the word I was looking for, mixed minus. So I haven't heard that. Term. Yeah, it I might think... it might be just for the road thing. They might have made that up, but okay. it's basically it, it's erasing certain sounds in the final recording, so it sounds its best, even though maybe okay. maybe you heard something weird or an echo from the so call in. My just by what you explained there, my assumption is they're doing either one of two things. It's either either a phase flip, so they're actually inverting the entire file and then playing that against itself. And that way they just completely cancel each other out. And so then you get nothing like silence. That's cool. You get silence. Yeah. So if you have like a perfect recording of something, I mean, that's what the great thing about digital is it's going to be a perfect recreation every time is, uh, when you invert that phase and the, uh, super nerdy stuff here, but when you have a waveform, you have a crest and a trough. And you need that complete cycle to describe the pitch quality of what mm. you're experiencing. And if you have an inversion of that, a phase inversion, and put it directly on top of each other, then the trough is per- perfectly canceled out by the crest. Wow. So, so I think then what, you get silence. What, so you and I could go down the nerd rabbit hole here, but I think what the listeners Please. can gather from this yeah. is you know your <laughs> shit for sure. Absolutely yeah. do. For sure. Well, uh, one thing I f- say to people is I love arts and I love science. Yeah. And it's like a good mixture of the two is like the that, perfect the perfect wor- place in the world to like apply be able both. to apply both and i love it use the sciences to lift the arts that's amazing um so i noticed something on your website we'll, we'll talk about the recording too but i noticed okay. something on your website <laughs> that appeals to me because of the it nerdy side you have like a full-blown ar oh. build of your studio <laughs> i wanted to say that one i thought that was so cool well tell me talk about it because i i've used like matterport and 360 mm-hmm. camera scanning but you talk about that one yeah let's angie you talk about it as a non-nerdy person i mean 
because because it's I'm a visual person, yeah. so being able to actually like w- walk through the space through you know you just go on the website and click on the little yeah. AR tour. Am I saying it right? AI. AR. 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 Yeah. AR. Yeah. Yeah. Augmented reality. A- yeah. yeah. AR tour of the studio, and it's just so cool because you're. It's like you're there. So almost. I'm I'm such a perfectionist thing. that I still think it's missing something. I want it to work without having to click on it. And I still need to figure out how to implement that. But essentially, that was, you could do it with your phone. That I'm looking at your phone right now. Your phone has the capabilities to do yeah, that for free. I did it on my phone. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, no, you can actually do Create that one. scan. Yeah. So you could scan this oh. house with that phone. I it's mean, called, he could. Yeah, it's called, <laughs> it's called Polycam is the, oh, the application. Cool. And because your phone has an infrared, sen- an, a- oh, yep. an infrared, um, is it infrared? LiDAR. LiDAR, LiDAR. sorry. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right, LiDAR. Yeah. Yeah. So the LiDAR sensor is super good at measuring distances in your house and it creates the full texture and somehow perfectly maps the color the, the 3d well. model it's really yeah. neat it's we've done uh i've done a matterport scan of the house mm-hmm. where it's similar but it's almost like it it you can walk through and it's got you can use the wasd keys like mm-hmm. if this a throwback to a nerd like video game yeah yeah but you can walk through the house or you That's can cool. zoom out and look at the house but he had little goggles that i could put right, on right. and actually walk through the house gotcha. but that that's cool. that's different that's a different thing but oh. for the matterport it's a 360 camera that you use to do it um, right and it's mostly used in like realty it's starting to get into the engineering side um for like construction engineering but it's not giving you any depth information it's just giving you flat image that's sor- surrounding you depending on what you do use it so you can do just like you said you can mm-hmm. use lidar you can use a 360 camera you can use the ones we have at the office that are like the size of a lunchbox that does both so it's mm-hmm. a laser scanner and a 360 camera gotcha but you can't just um you can't just take your phone and make like a full three through um 3d model like you gotcha. like you did with your studio so that's really neat that's yeah if you if you for the listeners if you just went to castledoorstudios.com forward slash virtual i think that's what i put it under Virtual, maybe virtual tour is what yeah. I put it under. And you can just, if you have, unfortunately it only works via iOS devices. That's another limitation because it's a, it's a technology designed by Pixar and Apple. They're yeah. called a .usdz file and it works natively on all iOS devices. So that was my loophole was like, all right, most people have iPhones. So it's yeah. going to be simple for them. They just click on the file and they can already like walk Easy. around. Yeah. Yeah. Google charges like an arm and a leg for the same technology. Like they've been hitting up my studio for years and they're like, yeah, $1,500 and we'll do this. Or I don't know what number it was. It was definitely like in the thousands and you can do it for free. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, it's very appealing. (laughs) I can tell you, you know, we're about to convert our house into an Airbnb and we're going to have a 3d walkthrough with a Mm -hmm. house Mm -hmm. and it just going to your website, seeing that I just envision if I wanted to go there, I wanted to record, or maybe right. I, I had a band or whatever the scenarios we just discussed, being able to see, oh, cool, check it out. So they, this is a full-blown real deal. They have, here's the engineering booth, here's yeah. the space, and there's something about it that's just very appealing yeah. to know that it's a professional space. There was one limitation. I had to scan each room individually, because if we tried scanning all the rooms, it was crashing the iPhone 12 we were using at the time. Yeah. Um, I think it was like, yeah, I think it was an iPhone 12 Pro or something that we were using. And so it was crashing it once you try to scan too much of the room at once. Um, So we did them separately. And Mm -hmm. then I went into Blender, which is another free, incredibly powerful uh, 3D editor. And I was able to combine them all. Um, and then I, I, I recorded my screen as I was doing this, not knowing how to use the program at all. I just like spent four hours doing like 
nothing, like just trying to figure out around, how to use yeah. it. But then I fast forwarded all the footage and then put that up as a video in my studio. And so now people see it like it looks like I know what I'm doing because <laughs> it <looks laughs> like it's happening like four hours is happening in 30 seconds. And it just yeah. looks like I know what it's I'm like doing. You're building a model as fast as that's yeah. fantastic. Oh, I love it. That that's great. great. So you guys do um, we've talked about, you know, the mixing that you do, arranging and stuff like that. The writing is that the writing of the music part or actual lyrics like what? for for clients yeah when so, it comes to clients so in 2019 me and my girlfriend started so Alyssa, she's also like very you know involved she does a lot of the social media mm-hmm. and uh we started hosting a songwriter workshop once a month there and we've been doing it ever since oh that's probably amazing so that is taking shape in a lot of different forms i mean for a while during covid we had to bring it online so i was just running the whole thing through a handful of different softwares to try to get it on, to get it a real time um, um, educational process that we could gain through critiquing each other online. But we brought it back in person like a year ago. And it happens once a month where we just solicit, uh, we just ask people to sign up. We usually have about six to eight people that present a song and they either present it in person, like, or they, or they're there in person, but then they just send, give us a recording that we listen to. Okay. And we just all give our feedback on that song and how, mm. and, and um, it can be any level. It could be um, lyrically, it could be arrangement, it could be melody, it could be mixing, you know? So it's all aspects. Um, we usually like asking people to give us like, um, like a focus on what is like kind of untouchable. Like maybe they're, they're super happy with the lyrics, they don't want any more critique on that. So then we can focus on something else. But, oh, I like that you do that. Yeah, that's usually something you might not identify with the lyrics exactly. or something, and but they're yeah. you know they, you know, wrote it during a right. emotional period, well, time, you we, know, whatever. We've talked a lot about like what level of critiquing do we want to do? Because do we want it to be like college level critiquing where there's like no gloves on? Oh. And you just get it eviscerated and, and you can't down, talk. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can't, you know, you can't even give any mm. explanation to why you did this. Or do you want it to be like, you know, a little bit more padded because sometimes we have people that have like never written a song before and mm-hmm. they're still like not really even confident in their writing abilities. And so we want it to be friendly for all different skill I levels like of writing. That. So it's yeah, educational it, and, yeah. and still fun. And because, not right. discouraging. Yeah. Not We're discouraging. there to upbuild people exactly. and to, to, to help them build their, you know, right. creativity. Right. Instead of and, and critiquing again, one thing that we usually say before we start any of them is that critiquing is subjective. Mm-hmm. You know, the art process is subjective. I yeah. mean, there's ways that like the creative, the industry has like created standardizations on what entails a pop song and what, you know, but it's all very subjective. So even the most skilled 25 year veteran songwriter may not even be able to give as good feedback as a complete noob that doesn't know anything about songwriting. And they're just coming from this very unboxed perspective. Right. Mm -hmm. So there can be value in both levels of skills and, and then we always say, like, look, don't take any of your critiques per- personally. If you don't, if you, do, if the critique doesn't resonate with you, and you don't feel like that makes sense to your to your song, yeah, just throw it away. You know, yeah. if you can take one critique from this songwriting from the from the twenty that you're getting, then that one is is valuable. I feel like it's like giving advice to people when they have kids. You know what right. I mean? Like, <laughs> I always tell people, you're going to get a lot of advice. Listen to it all. And pull out the stuff that you want to try or do. Absolutely. And, and if it works, use it. And if it doesn't, throw it away. And mm-hmm. Don't take it personal. Don't, you know, don't be like, I just don't need anybody's advice. Right. But these people have 
had six kids. Why wouldn't you take some of their advice? Yeah. Or, There's got to be something in there. That or this can person be is a new parent and they just experienced this. So take mm-hmm. it and just take it with a great, you know, use what you can and ignore the rest. I, <laughs> I love it because you know what it makes me think of is like a writer workshop because, you know, I'm, well, I guess it is, but I mean like a book writer, a story writer mm-hmm. workshop because, you know, I'm, I'm an author and I love getting the feedback initially from the first few people that read my book to just be honest and tell me it's missing something here. My editor will say I got confused or that part was boring and it's super helpful. And I've always wanted to do a, like a, I don't want to say the same thing because this is a songwriter workshop, but yeah. I've always wanted to do like a writer workshop for that same reason, because I think it teaches you to be tough about what you want to stick to on your guns, but I got it. Just heard an actor do this quote, and I wish I could apply it here because it was so great. But individually, none of us are as good as all of us, basically, is what he's saying. So, gotcha. in a room full of people like that are that. critiquing yeah. your songwriting, even if some of it's garbage feedback, some of it's going to be good. And some of it's going to help you grow and get better, not just from being able to take advice, but for tweaking your idea. And I love that because. You know, we've had our kids have gotten into mixing music and all when they were mm-hmm. younger and you listen to it and you're always like, oh, it's great. And some of it, I really meant that. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm blown away. But other ones, I was like, ah, that one's not a good That's one. A but, one. <laughs> but being able to get real honest feedback like that, you know, right. it's, it's almost protecting you. It's like when, remember American Idol, someone would get on and sing and it was terrible. And you're like, this kid's parents have been telling them they can <laughs> sing their whole life. And look where they ended up yeah. here. So... <laughs> This is the thing is I, I love open mics. They were, they're a beautiful thing that communities offer because I had a terrible fear of the stage. Sure. Just super frightful of it. And I was like, well, I need to go over this one if I want to be a musician. Uh-huh. And yeah, open mics it. were that safe space that kind of showed me that I could be bad and no one was going to eviscerate me for it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's also the weakness of an open mic is that it's not going to ever give you an honest critique, you know? Yeah. And it's not really the right form for it. If someone came up and gave me a critique at open mic, I would be like, why are you being such an asshole? Of course. Yeah. To be honest, so like, it's it the wrong mic. place. For yeah. right. And so when we first started the, the workshop, we called it songwriter. I think we called it Orlando songwriter night. Mm-hmm. And it, um, people were treating it like an open mic a little bit. And so we're like, oh, we need to make it like a little bit more academic. So yeah. workshop. songwriter workshop is what helped solve that kind of um, misinterpretation and to make people realize that this isn't a pat on your back place. This isn't a no. place to like give you, I mean, we're still nice. We're still going to clap after every song, but we're going to, you're there to go work, right in though. there to, you to get, really everybody's work the there to kind of work yeah, to so. elevate it. Yeah. You know? yeah. Everybody's like true motivation is to elevate and um, so far, just the good of Orlando community has kept it that way, you know. So, that, yeah, that's, well. um, you know, we always talk about finding your community, right? And and how when you do, everybody's so supportive of mm-hmm. each other. And it's the same with creatives, you know, the writing community, the small business community. Like, there's so many different little groups, yeah. but they're just so supportive. There's something genuine in all of that. And that's the thing. When you are having these workshops... Mm-hmm you know that everybody's there for the right reasons. Just like you said, we want to take that song that you're doing and make it a hit. Like that's yeah. what you're just thinking in your head, right? Yeah, I've like, workshopped um, quite a few of the songs that we're releasing in the album. So 
Oh, cool. Even that stuff's like gone to the workshop. Over oh, the well, see, that really speaks to how much you believe in it because yeah. you're doing it with your own stuff. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when, wow. when it's your babies, you know, you're like, no, I know, I know how to do this, you know, and uh-huh. it's, and I'm the one running the shop, you know, yeah. like, well, don't tell me what, no, but then the, yeah, then you, you gotta, have to gotta shatter that you ego. Have to you gotta, yourself yeah, you gotta for sh- sure. shatter the ego. Mm-hmm. And, I love that. I love that you said baby better. too, because it kind of ties into Angie's analogy <laughs> about child. kids. It would be like going, well, your kid is kind of ugly right here you got to fix that part and it's hard you know that's that's a heartbreaking thing but um so you guys do you do a lot of stuff you guys do writing arranging mixing mastering what is live instrument tracking live instrument tracking would be it depends on what you're looking for so like again if we're trying to go for a record that's manicured and curated a lot of things are going to inform this it it might be the style of the genre and this the way the performer works that they want it to be more live or if they're really good at practicing with metronome which is like a click that holds them oh. holds their time I'm, I'm an old drummer i know for yeah. sure um then we're going for more of that manicured studio tone where yeah. we're trying to release a record right where everything yeah. is controlled and everything um so um, and then we also provide like video services too. So we, we've been shooting like a lot of live videos there. Oh, that's amazing. That's so, how I very for you know, very yeah. first time I ever saw your studio. What I haven't seen it in person mm-hmm. except for, you know, my little virtual tour, but I have Kitchen Killers. You, yeah. They recorded a video. We did a music video there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it kind of drift slide see, collide. Yeah. We did the, yep. I don't think until this very moment I knew that was done there. Wow. No, okay. <laughs> that's yeah, pretty cool. I do. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So then you're well versed in uh, video editing and the cameras that, to that use. That video and lighting, was you know? Kayla. She did that. That she did the actual production and editing, but I also do that as a service. Yeah. Very nice. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's a little bit of everything. It's. Um, Hard to say no to things. Maybe that's a strength and weakness. Oh, God, yeah. we, are, we are kindred spirits, <laughs> Oh, my dude. gosh. Um, but so if I'm going in there, I'm going to go back to my scenario. If I wrote a song and I'm going in there and I'm either with my whole band or you guys are going to be my band for the recording, you can essentially record a music video for me at the same time, and I can use that as my promo material to try to get my song off the ground. Yep. Now, when you say song, are you saying, like, they're just walking in with the lyrics? They don't know how to write music? Is there? Well, do you have musicians? Like... Yeah, so another thing we did one time was, um, or a, a few times now, but we'll have people that will come in not knowing, they, they know how to sing, mm-hmm. but they don't know how to speak music theory or play an instrument, and they have lyrics that are like a poem. It's written in poem format. And so me and JP will get together and we'll convert it into like a structure that makes sense to a, a, a pop song that has like a format, like a verse. A yeah, because there's different type of poems even, right. you know. I, I don't know the names of a kid. I can't remember that far back into school, but you know, the different ways right. stanzas. Yeah. There's like right? stanzas. Oh, I remembered something. Hello. There's like sonnets that have their yeah. own rules, um, but they're not going to fit really well unless you're like Leonard Cohen, you know, where he's like a poet, but also a musician. And somehow he's been able to put like hmm. poetry into music. Um, there's still like a, a format that helps to capture the mind. And that's usually like a verse, a chorus, right? You usually yeah. have to have those two basic ingredients. Um, I've had many songs that are just verse to verse all the way through. And that works for maybe a folk genre. But um, but if we're writing like, uh, again, if the client is a pop artist and they want something catchy and that's going to grab you, it's going to have to have a chorus. So mm-hmm. we'll just take those lyrics and we'll write um, an arrangement around that and give and have them kind of like produce our direction. Do you kind of like 
help them deconstruct what they've written, rearrange, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. so yeah, that's part of, of what everything. you guys offer as well. Yeah. It's, oh, it's fascinating amazing. to me that the human brain, it, we are automatically sort of programmed or maybe it's just from years of music the way it is, but we are somehow either biologically initially programmed or just from listening to it that certain kinds of music, like you just said, you got a chorus, you got a, a bridge, you got a, a verse or whatever, but your brain just grabs on and you know when you hear a song and it just sticks in your brain. There's mm -hmm. a full-on recipe for why that. I mean, they know what they're doing. Yeah, there's um, there's a story of like um, Nickelback. You can take like some of their hits and put them right on top of each other. Oh, I've heard like that. Jaw, and you'll find that like their chorus starts at the same exact second. Yeah. Or their verses. It's like they've created this like recipe that just like is like the perfect fit. And I've actually not personally done this, so I could be wrong. I've just heard this. I've heard the mix though, so I don't know. I don't know if but, it's been sped up or slowed down, but I've heard the mix where they do that, where you can hear the beats huh. landing on each other, right. and they change at the same time. The bridge is at the same and time. They've been super successful because of that. Yeah, you know? like so they've super they've hacked a little bit of this uh, this the like global psychology of like what makes a, a hit song, what yeah. makes it what makes it most um, acceptable to like the mass public that's yeah. crazy yeah. to me because even like i'm not like a big pop music fan but sometimes angie will be listening to something or i'll hear it in passing and then it's in my head and you i'm can't like can't help it it's like those jingles that yeah. like mm -hmm. there's a reason why those jingles are written because they're gonna keep jingling in your head and so true oh, and the thing is is even <laughs> pop is like um it's kind of an obscure term because it just is short for popular yeah so Yes, we've created genres. Yeah, it really. Well, is. it's like when people say, "I like top 40, and you're like, "Well, that just means the top forty songs. That, that's not a genre. It doesn't <laughs> describe really a genre because pop is like such a massive, yeah, yeah, um, expansion of genres, and it's really the top forty is more influenced by the decade, right? It's more mm -hmm. influenced by the era yeah. of what we're, yeah. we're interested at at the time. Um, but yeah, when when we say you don't like pop, I mean it's like yeah, I don't like this certain genre of pop that's like the most manicured version. But from a musician writing standpoint, pop is almost every song you've ever heard because yeah. anything that makes it to a label is already pop. Yeah, because it's I popular mean, enough. Because to make it's to already it. following it's on the a radio. Form of, yeah. yeah, it's already following some well, form of a. Form. I should correct myself a bit too because I, I I'd like to think I don't like pop we're still yeah. gonna call it even pop. nirvana is pop yeah i but, mean it's not like i know grunge heads would hate me for saying that but i mean it's still following the pop formula sure yeah. well by that rationale when people say i like classic rock you're like oh then motley Crue, because technically they're classic rock now so you mm -hmm. you know uh, what i mean I, just aged us so bad. but it's but <laughs> but it's those words that we don't use properly for the kind of music that we mean yeah. Yeah. but even mm -hmm. that even that stuff i say i don't like something in my brain likes it because yeah. I'll be humming like Megan Trainer or something. And I'm yeah. like, wow, that. Well, song. that's the thing. Like how Zach said, you know, mixing that creativity and the kind of science together. There's a science behind. There has to be right. There's a science behind sound. Sure. And how you're affected by it. Just like mm -hmm. with our vis vision color, you know, why do they use red and yellow for sales? Yep. There's a, there's a reason why. They're hacking you know? our brain. All They're of this. They're hacking our brain, man. You're so. hacking our brain. But you also, um, you you allow independent music teachers to use your space as well or rent your space. We don't what? have too many uh, music teachers, but that has happened oh, cool. um, once in a while. Well, hey, independent music teachers. Get listen. on that. Like, you know, there, here's a space that you can... Because um, do you rent... 
talk to us a little bit about um, rent. Is it a rental of the space? Like, yeah, or I mean, does like it a- in? Can you just rent it and just? use your own stuff are you included always in it like how does it work yeah i mean like a lot of i would say like 40 percent of the business is rehearsals and so that's just a band that needs a a treated space for them to perform in that they're not going to go deaf in a garage where it's untreated and they hit the snare and then it just completely everything reflects right and the neighbors call the cops yeah Yeah, all that jazz (laughs) so we do a lot of rehearsals and that Sometimes it's me, sometimes it's an intern, sometimes it's um, one of the other members in the group that's just there to kind of be um, a glorified um, babysitter in a I way. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also being a sound engineer because we're, we're, we're helping set them up and, and mixing their levels to get to get it to sound good for and them. they're bringing their own stuff for that. They're usually bringing their own instruments, but we do backline. So we backline with amps and a, a drum kit and... Um, oh, that is a beautiful thing. Yeah, so you don't have to carry the heavy stuff. You yeah. know, drummers oh, love it. because cool. I mean, yeah. the worst thing about um, being a drummer is having to carry all Always the all, last all person leaving. Drum. I was always <laughs> the last guy at the bar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we'll say like mix and match. Like you have your snare that you really love or your, your kick pedal that you really love, put that on the kit. But oh, don't have that's, to do the that's whole awesome. Kit. Yeah, it's, it's so, so great to like have that simplicity, you know, removed from and just be focused on the rehearsal. right? And then when we move into recording, I mean, usually that's me recording. Um, There is a few, you know, ordained (laughs) assistant engineers that I trust Uh around the gear that are allowed to come in and be their head engineer and will run it um, alone. Um, But uh, most of the time I'm either assisting or i'll be even at being in like a manager position so just making sure no no multi-thousand dollar equipment is getting burned up so it's not really a studio that i can just um when people come into me and say they have their own engineer and stuff i just say this is the wrong studio for you i can't imagine there's too many studios that are okay with that though honestly there's just because i could say hey i'm an engineer i'm going there to do it and i don't have any idea what i'm doing which i don't yeah it's i can't vet somebody that to know if they're gonna you know break my equipment so i'd just rather be the engineer most of the time of course yeah i get that Um, for sure and i'm i'm definitely not like the person that's like oh it has to be me all the way through um at the end of the day as an artist myself i mean i understand that the goal is the art you know the art it's like you gotta get the sound you the want. The sound you want at yeah. the end. And if you want someone else to mix it, someone else to master it, that's fine. You know, yeah. That's not something, I mean, I I have my recording rates and then mixing rates and mastering rates are all like kind of separate services. And so if they want to bring it's it to like someone else, they're happy with. like build your own type yeah. of package almost. Exactly. Okay. I love that. I like also on the uh, website how you describe it as like a, a boutique experience. That's that that makes you like oh it's very kind of intimate. Yeah, right? well, so some of the bigger studios, which I have all the respect for them, you know, they're my I admire them. They have multiple rooms, so multiple mixing rooms or multiple recording mm-hmm. spaces. And so since we don't have that, we just really have one recording space, one control room. Um, we basically say like that when you book us, like you're the only person we're focused on right now. Yeah. So yeah. like it's just your private room for the time being. Yeah. I love that though. That, that's undivided that's attention. Undivided that's mm-hmm. you don't have staff trying to manage other stuff. Other or people aren't got to hurry because there's another yeah. band in the other room waiting or anything like that. That's mm-hmm. nice. Um, what what is uh, sponsors and partners? So you partner up with other companies, or you have sponsors for? Um, right now it's just Kitchen Killers, really. That's oh, cool. like um, and then also Orlando um, 
Sing, sing, sing Orlando. Sing Orlando. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin what, is, what is Sing Orlando? We know the Kitchen Kill is, and listener, I'm sure you yeah. do too if you've been listening for any <laughs> amount of time. Mm-hmm. What is uh, Sing Orlando? Sing Orlando, I think that's the still the brand that they're under right now, but it's uh, Ken and Kirsten. They have a vocal coach. They're a vocal coaching couple. Oh. Oh. They have their own. Um, they have uh, a couple of vocal coaches as well with them that, to figure out what's the best fit at your level. But he, they, he, they come from, uh, Ken comes from Memphis, um, Tennessee. And so they, he has, he's been coached by the same coach that, did, that coached um, Paramore. I believe. Oh, nice. And oh, so, love them. and both, both of them are just phenomenal, um, vocal coaches. So they're, they're usually working with, um, some pretty like high end, um, singers that, wow. that are just always trying to improve their, you know, maintain their vocals and, and, um, improve upon what. So would they be like, vocally. if you have people coming in that are, you know, getting that critique at, at the, um, the, the songwriter mm-hmm. workshop, if they need help with vocals or is this yeah, somebody you refer, refer them to? to them. Yeah, that's, that's great. And unofficially, I also refer a lot of people to this place called Accessible Acupuncture because it's done so much for me. So I keep their cards there. <laughs> Accessible um, acu- yeah. <laughs> acupuncture? Like Accessible actual acupuncture. acupuncture? Yeah, we were talking before we started the podcast about back pain. And I, yes. I didn't get to mention this is that I started going to this guy named Bob who's on uh, Colonial and 417, pretty much right where that's at in at part of town. Mm-hmm. And it's a nonprofit um, place that makes affordable, like sliding scale acupuncture. You can pay $15 up to $45. And he's phenomenal. He's oh. taken pain from my back that is like at a 10 or nine. That's like, like I can't move to like no pain in a matter okay, of like two, we might two I wrote it down. That's right. Write that down because we've been to the acupuncturist many uh, years uh, ago. Not a, for, good, not, not a good fit and for And it me. was not 15 to $45. And plus, I'm, I, mean, I had like bruises. So I just, it's got to be right for your body, I think. Just, no, really? I yeah. just. Alyssa actually did get a bruise one time right here in her forearm. Yeah. yeah. One, but I've well, never had I was grabbing, this was in my stomach, but it, my muscles were grabbing yes. the needles. And, you know, that's not like supposed to happen. <laughs> so it was like. Break that needle right off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's uh, supposed to happen. He doesn't do anything like on your back or anything yeah. like that. He, you just sit on these like recliner chairs and he does your hands, your arms, your forehead, your ears and your feet. And sometimes the back of my knees, sometimes sometimes the back of my shoulders. Yeah, because if you know it all yeah, about acupuncture, but those things are all connected to everywhere else. It's insane. Especially yeah. the I mean, feet. He'll do stuff on my... You can't do the feet. He'll do stuff on my right shoulder. Don't touch my feet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that's another thing he'll, he'll do though, is he'll, he'll make sure that he'll find alternative ways that makes yeah. it that you're most comfortable with. But he's done stuff on my right shoulder to fix my... Oh, wait. My left shoulder to fix stuff on my lower... My lower yeah. back of my Yeah, isn't hat, that weird? My back, yeah. It's well, like I mean, connected. all the connections. That's yeah. amazing because it's it's a nerve. That's yeah. the problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going through physical therapy right now, and it's still like right now the nerve is irritated. It's like, dude, you got to stand up for something soon. Yep. I can't be happier to talk to more people about this guy. I've been going to him for like about a year and a half now, and it's wow. just like it, he's helped me with headaches, helping me with oh, just, we're definitely going to check uh, him depression out. in general. You know, like mental health. I mean, we should it's have just him on. So much good stuff. I mean, yeah. that would be awesome. I think he would be a great per- a guest to to have yeah. on because he's doing this all for the health of the community yeah and probably to bring more awareness to that type of treatment because yeah, so many people think it, i love that he's doing that because being able to go to an acupuncturist it's a luxury like yeah. you have to be able to afford it, it yeah. it's an expensive you know usually road yeah. usually mm-hmm. you know and just the fact that he's making it affordable for people who 
don't, they want an alternative yep. to meds or surgery or, mm-hmm. you know, just to have a better quality of life. I love that he's doing that. So yeah, we want to get his information because okay. yeah, I love sure. stuff like that. Definitely. But yeah, um, unofficially they're affiliated because I keep their cards in my, oh, in I my love studio. That. I love whenever that. people are having, you know, any issues, I'm like, try acupuncture. Yeah. Try well, I believe in it for Do sure. Do your hands hurt from strumming your guitar too much? Call Bob. <laughs> Here's a card. <laughs> so Zach, this has been really cool and very informative. Thank you for coming to join us. I have to ask it's you one more awesome. question. I love the name, but why the name? Castle Door. Castle Door Studios? Yeah. Um, this was actually, it came from Chris Charles, Doug's uh, dad, uh, who, the architect, right? Right. He built the space. He, we installed like this massive castle door into the into the entrance from the um, hallway from the lobby into the live room. Right. And I mean, it's like Shaquille O'Neal can walk through this thing with no issue. Cool. You know, like, oh, this thing is really tall, you know, and yeah. it's and it's heavy and it's, it's good at blocking, sound blocking the sound. Yeah. And it has a little latch on it and everything with a with a bar. So it's the like little people. Yeah. Who little is people. It? Yeah. What's the password? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Um, oh, how cool is and that? So we just felt like that was just like such a good like natural centerpiece to like the yeah. theme of the studio. Yeah, and so even the front door has like a castle kind of um, design on it. So very nice. Well, we're it, gonna have to come down just to check it out. Yeah, I've been. Know. It's super cool. I don't oh, remember it as been, much though because got... all I did was I kind of just stepped into the engineering room yeah. and we immediately yeah. started study study, <laughs> study so session. It yeah. would be fun to come just check it out, just goof around. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Very cool. Thank We'd you again. You this has been really yeah. cool. Thank you. And um, if anybody wants to find out more information, where can they find you? Uh, best thing is just, like I said earlier, the website conflict, uh, sorry, castle, I have so many different <laughs> brands here. Uh, castle door studios, plural, uh, .com, um, or Facebook castle door studios, Instagram. I was listening to an earlier podcast, um, that you guys just had mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Bada Design. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And you were talking about like branding social media, yes. and I was like, totally agree. Like it needs to be the same Amen. thing across Amen. the board. Amen. So anywhere you type Castle Door Studios, you're probably going to find a social media to that. Well, I love, love that I punched up a Google search and it was right there. You know how uh-huh. many times it's like that's we have not to it. Search. That's not yeah, it. Yeah, I do love that. And guys, also that will you know just scroll down. Click, click the, the link yeah. makes life really yep. super easy. Well, we really, and I mean, I really actually learned some stuff tonight. <laughs> yeah, me I too. learned that pop sometimes actually you means popular. Sometimes you got to stop me. I'll, I'll get well, too into I, the nitty gritty stuff. I know. Look, I, I would have <laughs> fell asleep over here if you guys got too nerded out on me. Okay. Yeah, I will I, do I the snore. Little... I will do the snore sound when he starts. Uh, I got I'm a little like, scared what? for a minute. I, We're talking what? about sound waves and stuff. I no, I sca- actually found that very interesting very interesting and i think it helps me hearing it from somebody else appreciate like all the hard work i mean i've always thought i was full of it this whole time thanks i didn't (laughs) (laughs) i didn't but it kind of i'm like oh wow like i've actually seen that you know Mm -hmm. that process somewhere not to his level but even at my little junior level that you can imagine the complexity of what he's doing yeah pretty crazy Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in once again. Make sure to check out Castle Door Studios. And remember, at the end of each and every day, it's It's all all fine and dandy. So what did you think? Did you like the show? If you did like the show, we would love a review on the Apple Podcast app or whatever app you use to listen. And if you want to hear more, you can subscribe on that same app to get notified when new shows come out. You can see pictures from each episode, including our guests, 
at fineandangie.com, and you can follow us on all social media at fineandangie. Thanks. We'll see you next time.